2: Hello, and welcome to Let's Drone Out, episode 430. Tonight, you are joined by our fearless leader, Frank. Good evening. Sometimes everyone's favourite, Curry Kitten. Always a favourite. Hello. <laughs> and our friend in the snowy north, Cole. Howdy. How's everyone been doing? Not too bad. Not who too bad. Are you?
1: Are you? Yeah, who are you, Mr. Man with the mustache? Oh,
2: uh, I'm Stephen. I've got a silly <laughs> mustache. Hello and good evening.
1: <laughs> Frank's camera
2: camera game is looking pretty awesome this week. Thank you very much. Thank you. Some Christmas lights in the background and
1: everything's.
0: Oh yeah, yeah. Nice little Christmas on. wing, in fact. wing.
1: Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah. That's an A plus lighting right there. Thank
0: you. A grand grand total of two desk lamps works
1: a treat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna have to dig out my my strings of LEDs for Christmas and and scatter them around over the guitars or something. See <laughs> if I can. Exactly.
0: It. Yeah, I'm, I'm sort of you know, starting to break out the almost Christmas jumper <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, cause it's. Are it's you graduating
2: not... towards Christmas in your jumper yeah. game? Okay.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I had just sort of you know. Sort of a uh, roll neck, and then you know, a nice, nice patiny one, and then breaking out a full-on Christmas jumpers next week. <laughs>
2: nice. So you don't like catch anyone's retinas unaware.
0: Exactly, exactly. I get told off if I get it, uh, you know, break them out too early. So, yeah. too many people with with birthdays who resent early Christmas stuff. So,
3: I think as long as you're in December, you're okay. <laughs> it is tough if you've got a birthday in December. oh
1: no (laughs) my birthday is the day after christmas
2: (laughs) wow yeah i I think i think one of my friends has their birthday like between christmas and new year one of my old school
1: friends and uh yeah
2: that's that's rough
1: yeah i've I've never had a birthday party really like i've had like one and i did it in the summer with all my friends Mm. and stuff (laughs) yeah like royalty yeah well because think about it like Christmas, the day after Christmas, it's kind of like family time. Maybe people go away. Maybe people are busy visiting family members and whatever. So, yeah, it was always, uh, well, it's always been kind of like, uh, all right, I'll see you guys at some point. But I'll see you at the... my state's birthday. Yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so, flying vehicles and such. Mm. What's everyone been up to?
3: I flew week. Oh, jinx. <laughs> Two contenders. I can let Frank go first. It's all right. You've, you've, you've introduced yourself. You, you, you were flying a whoop. I was flying a whoop on Walksnail, and I mm. had, I think, the best conditions I've had to fly it. I don't know what it was. I, I'll show you a quick clip from the video, if you like. It, I was trying to figure out why this was um, better than the previous times I've been out flying, uh, yeah there it is Ooh. and it's a, a sort of combination of getting the right light and the very nice uh, beta firmware on the the walk snail and everything just looked so much clearer and so much sharper this is actually the the internal uh recording in, in 1080p it looks like it I was able to pick out everything i think because all the colors were different. It really helped. Mm-hmm. You know, if you go over grass, grass can sort of smush together. This was just uh, looking really good. Had a really good time. And yeah, I thought, wow, amazing. this is this is it now comes the better with
2: light and dark time. than it does when everything's kind of the same brightness level. When you've got a nice yeah. strong light, it
3: works really well. Yeah, it actually looked really good. The the sun was lighting up all the wetness on the floor because <laughs> oh. <laughs> we had this one. I think this was last. Uh, Friday and it was like one day when it wasn't raining but if I crashed there was enough puddles around to, to seriously do me in but yeah I had a good time with that one that was
1: oh. <laughs> you didn't know was... about that new feature it's a new uh, walksnail feature <laughs>
3: Yeah, if, if you want, if, if you're the, the
1: intermediary thing.
0: frames, you'll have to go check out Curry's YouTube channel. Yeah, yeah, we, we are, We've done this so many
2: times. I think I don't think anyone's got to the bottom of the mystery. But sometimes when we're sometimes it works, videos, sometimes it doesn't
3: work. It just does this. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, I had a, a really good time. I did six batteries on on that, and I managed nice. to get this thing four hundred meters away from myself wow. without the tiny little antenna dying. Although oh, I did notice because normally I just put my ers power on 100 and i sort of see how it goes and i put it on dynamic power and it kept going up to like one watt as soon as you <laughs> get like a little bit out it's like oh it's dropping a bit i'm going to up the power to yeah.
2: watt. <laughs> did you have one of yelling. those little uh, plastic antennas or the little kind of one
3: inch it's, long it's bit, of it's wire? a tiny little piece of copper that just sticks up off yeah. the board it's it's so small there's there's nothing there Yeah, it looked looked really, it looked really good. I had a really good time. It's the first time I've been sort of like, wow, this is this is it now. HD is is here, but it just needs it just needs the right flight. I think you just don't get if you're just flying over a field, you don't really get the details, do you? You have Mm -hmm. to be around stuff. You've got lots of leaves,
2: and there's you know water on the ground and reflections and things. That looks really good.
3: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Enjoy
2: that. I got my little Walk snail whoop out as well. Still got it somewhere around here. There it is. Because I decided to to throw together one probably similar to what Curry's got, but just a a two inch um, with a little three D printed canopy, and it takes kind of four fifty two s. Gave that a quick quick thrash around the house. Um, it's fun. It Does make me feel a bit sad that I can't fly anything bigger, because you know. It feels like a whoop, and and also flying this around the house, you kind of knock stuff off tables quite easily, which <laughs> is irritating. And you kind of tr- trace
3: your course by the bits of paper that have been flung around the house. Yeah, mine was mine was one but five fifties. It kind of it balanced out the power to weight ratio much better for in the house. So you know sometimes you get these little whoops, and they're just a little bit spicy, and you have to tune it way down on mm-hmm. the throttle and stuff this this did okay it doesn't there's a compromise it doesn't go like mega crazy outside i sure just you, you do one dicey split test and i almost did a, an intake of breath i think yeah it was it was pretty heavy it's like yeah and we're into the prop wash and we're going down we're going down we're going down it's like full throttle pulling out, pulling out. <laughs> it's not it's not the best for that yeah frank what'd you get up to
0: i went and visited a local bmfa club uh, at their field it's only only ten minutes away from me, so you know I thought I should go have a look. Having discovered it not through the BMFA, but through a local uh, Facebook group that was sort of some dog walker going, "What what's going on over there?" <laughs> and that's how I found out about it. So I got in touch with them, went along and visited them, and and they they do have uh, restrictions on FPV and drones. But I, I think it's kind of fair enough because what it is, they're in the middle of uh, an army range, mm. and the the army get a bit unhappy about cameras and things around them. So they're quite happy flying, you know, you flying line of sight around there, but they're not so happy about you coming along with a load of, uh, I think they call it signal signals acquisition equipment is what they called it.
2: <laughs> Sounds like a term pulled straight out of the 1940s.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, so, yeah, so not a place for FPV, but uh, was a very good place to fly along a site. Big open space. You don't get bothered by dog walkers there. So...
2: <laughs> You've also been uh, very efficient and sort of jumped on an idea that we were throwing around in in the private chat. Should we uh, should we mention this briefly?
0: Yeah. Uh, yep. Yeah. We've we've officially affiliated, or at least the, the LDO virtual club has affiliated with the BMFA, and has twenty million pounds worth of liability insurance. Right. Nice. That's probably enough for
2: Jack. What about the rest of us? <laughs> well done. Well done. <laughs>
0: Very yeah.
2: cool. Yeah. Uh,
0: Congratulations. So yeah socks and sandals are in the post uh yep (laughs) yes thank you very much to everyone who helped out uh getting us that because you you sort of have a you need uh, a minimum number of people who are already bmfa members to be able to form a, a club within the bmfa so thank you very much clive and andy and uh chris g and Tony and me and Stephen, I think we were we sort of with the minimum number to get it over the line. Well uh, done, so, us. Yeah. Yeah, there
1: we go. So cool. yeah,
2: for those that that missed the headline, we are now officially a BMFA flying club, which yep. is hopefully going to make it easier to do some of the kind of official side of LDO, like figuring out how to monetize YouTube videos and all that the <laughs> stuff that requires a bank account and things and.
3: Not to have the weird tax yeah. and uh, money laundering yeah. accusations from yeah. PayPal.
1: <laughs> yeah.
3: Instead of like them thinking that we're some kind of tax
2: scam, like we can be realized as the barely breaking even, long running institution that we are more like a mm. five a side football team than any sort of real enterprise. So that's what we're, we're aiming to do there.
0: And uh, in my official position as secretary and BMFA delegates, I'm interested to see what kind of extra information they feed out to clubs, and how kind of clubs are involved with things. Particularly, Mm. you know, uh, know, clubs were mentioned uh, at the consultation recently, uh, and the you know, there's 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 some things that the side of things that I get excited about, and no one else does. I might get some more information. It's another line of information, so I'm interested.
1: Cool. Cool.
2: I'll, I'll now try and do some work and help this along. Now, now we're a club, and see if I can. <laughs> is hey.
3: is one of the side effects? Can we can we actually form the world's largest BFMa club if if our viewers join as well?
0: I mean, there there is a whole question there. It's like if we like. Form a large enough size? Could we have a hostile takeover of, of the BMFA? <laughs> at least the BMFA Southern area, you know?
2: <laughs> yeah, we could, we could technically offer membership to patrons who could be a, an LDO Club member. Yep. If that's something you'd yep. be interested in, let us know.
0: If, if anyone is interested in sticking it, I think, in fact, I think if anyone sticking is a member it, of BMFA already, I think somewhere in the, the portal where you kind of renew your membership and all the stuff. I feel like there might already be a button somewhere if you, say, add to a club. I think you can request to join LDO. It's the LDO Virtual Club if you find the button. Uh, so have a look. If not, let me know. We'll work it out.
2: Yeah, I thought it might be a neat uh, Patreon thing. We could have, uh, like, uh, club events and things. We'll we'll see how it goes. There's there's all sorts of options. If people want things or have suggestions, please drop us a line. Pop up in Discord or, uh, you know, other channels on YouTube videos and things and let us know. Um, John H. would like to know who the club examiner will be
0: uh i think that's uh possibly andy rc i think is a is technically an examiner (laughs) Uh,
1: he can examine me any day (laughs) (laughs) you have to get in line after jack yeah yeah true first come first serve
2: (laughs) (laughs) that's what he's been saying for a few years already it's not (laughs) happening
1: I was out flying uh, on the weekend Ooh. Um, in like seven degree weather, uh, which was a little, you know, I was very bundled up. Let's just say that. It was uh, it was Saturday. It was one of like the only sunny sort of nice days in the last couple of weeks. Uh, some guys from uh, like a city, maybe an hour and a half from me, they came down and uh, yeah, I flew a few packs. I didn't really go too crazy. I just kind of I just wanted to meet up with the guys and, you know, fly a little bit, but let me see if I can show this. Can you guys see that? Yeah. Cool.
2: We've only seen one frame, so we don't know how it's playing. Oh, a lot better than before. The gods are smiling on you.
1: Yeah, all the leaves are gone now, sadly, but... That
2: means you're doing Brave Mode traditional flying, where you can't see any of the scraggle until you look at your GoPro footage afterwards.
1: Yeah, especially with analog.
2: <laughs> yep.
1: So yeah, it was just like a, it was just a chill cruise. Like I wasn't, I wasn't really pushing it, and you know, I just honestly, I'm kind of preparing for being in Taiwan. So this is almost just like test flights. Okay, my quads still work. Like you know, everything's still in working order. Um. So yeah, not like I said, nothing too crazy. But it was just still nice to be able to get out and just just fly a bit. I haven't actually. I don't think I've flown prior to this for about a month just cuz of how bad the weather's been so it's uh so how is the
3: uh the 7-inch build going and have you tried out your GPS yet to try out uh, rescue mode and stuff
1: No so uh, my 7-inch build is it's a prolonged process at the moment um, yeah so oh, let me close this off here um well actually I'll grab it I'll show you.
2: I noticed when he was flying around there, they actually put yellow tags on the power lines. That's uh, that's a helpful move. It's, it's, telephone really. lines. it's a very cool.
3: FPV friendly of them, isn't it? Yeah.
1: You know what it is? That area is it was like an old like psych hospital or psych crazy kind of like compound. There was like a bunch of different buildings and they just demoed a bunch of it and now it's our one of our flying spots.
0: Yeah. Except all the, all the people with the big JCBs and
1: things like
0: <laughs> don't pull down all the power lines.
1: Please. Yeah, yeah. But like there's actually um, where we were flying right there, not too far over, there's like a burnt down building where it's got all these crazy gaps and stuff, which I flew in the one day, but I wasn't really willing to sacrifice any drones that day. But um, so, yeah, I don't, there hasn't been much uh, as far as a seven inch drone, uh, not a lot of um, improve or, you know, updates yet. I do have all my 3D prints, though. So I've got a uh, GPS mount, barred pole with a SMA uh, there, little camera mount thing on the front, uh, crossfire on the front there, a couple little pads and whatnot. But I'm actually... You know, what's really nice is that it's Black Friday sales right now. So I'm going to be buying a T-Motor 55-amp ESC and... Um, what else was I gonna buy? Uh, shoot, there was something else that, that is very important to my build. Um, a few things. I, I, still have to, I still need a few things. Oh yeah, motors, <laughs> T motor motors and uh, T motor ESC. But uh, once I get those in, I, I'm pretty much there. I've got my GPS. Um, I have to grab a Bard pole antenna. But motor. I've got GPS. I've got the frame. I've got Crossfire diversity. I've got Rush solo tank VTX. I've got cameras. I've got you know I'm 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 a good portion of the way there. I still want to buy one of those little like GPS mates that will uh you know power the the GPS before I plug in and stuff. Although someone was telling me recently that they just plug their USB like a USB cord into their flight controller um like give it just give it 5 volt and then yeah, that was me.
2: Ah, okay. Yeah. You can just use a power bank. The only thing you need yeah. to do is to make sure that your GPS is connected to one of the pads that get power when you plug in USB, like you do with your receiver, for example. Yeah, yeah. I was going to
3: say some of them don't necessarily. So as long as it try it at home and see is is the best way.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's. I mean, at the same time, too. I mean, what's the most it's going to take to acquire Sats on a on a cold start? You know, maybe a couple minutes, maybe five, ten minutes at the very worst
3: well the only thing you need to do is is try it out before you go just to make sure it will get them and then and and then you're good sometimes you get a situation where for some reason some of the wiring or one of the things completely wipes out the signal on gps i literally had a gps that was fine i put a new flight controller in it and it's like no sats Hmm. until i wrapped it in copper tape and then uh, grounded the copper tape to a ground and then it's okay
0: it was (laughs) ridiculous
3: yeah, electrical noise and stuff, I guess, right? Do you
2: ground the copper tape to the ground pad on the GPS or you just ground it at the
3: FC end? Just grounded it at the FC end. I think the grounds are all common anyway. Mm. Yeah. Okay.
0: The other thing to be aware of with GPS is that uh, if you travel halfway around the world, you might have some issues.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: It, it starts off going, well, last I was on. I was in this location, and at this time, I would expect to see these satellites on these frequencies. It's going to rebuild mm. the Almanac. And, it, and then it, it's, it's going to look for those, and it's going to be like, I can't get any of these satellites. And it's going to be waiting for ages before it then goes, oh, I, I'll, I'll try again and just start from scratch and work out yeah. what satellites I, I can actually see. So it will take a bit longer the first time you power it on somewhere else in the world.
1: Yeah. Oh, it looks like EBR said, yeah, UARTs one and three on the Ultra have five volts from USB. So I can just do that. Cool. Yeah. I, I will be running uh Ultra for this long range quad. It's gonna be it's gonna be crazy. It's gonna be really cool. I um it's gonna be my first long range quad, so it's uh it's a lot of learning process for me. But part of me is like because I'm I'm obviously I'm gonna be going to Taiwan to fly this for the most part. Um I feel like I'm going to like acquire most of the parts, but I might even get some of the parts while I'm in Taiwan and just finish the build out there. So I don't know if I'm going to do much like using the GPS here in Canada. Like, um, yeah, I don't know. I, I still have to decide. And obviously I still have lots of testing to do before I even really send it out. So it's uh it'll be a process, but yeah, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Have you managed to speak to your local long-range experts? Localish.
1: I have. I've have yes, actually. So, um, in in sort of recent weeks or maybe months, I guess maybe going on now. Um, oh, my computer is almost dead. Zero percent <laughs> <laughs> Oh, save the day! I've got, yes, I got distracted
2: by talk of copper tape, thinking I could use some of that. Yeah, yeah. Just spit that rabbit hole.
1: But yeah, yeah, so I recently connected with uh, a guy named Marcel off-axis, and uh, he he actually, he's a, like a, a pretty long-standing LDO listener, um, but he's a Canadian dude from the West Coast. Well, he lives in the West Coast. He's actually from my neck of the woods in Ontario, but uh, yeah, he's, I mean, I like almost like praise him as like a long-range god, him and like Falconrad, they're like, mm. I, you know, they are my masters or like, you know, like I look up to them as, you know, something that, you know, people that are doing what I would want to do. So uh, it's just really cool that I've been able to connect with them and just get little tips and tricks and stuff. Um, yeah, if you go on YouTube, you search in obviously Falconrad. If you don't know who that is, you're probably living under a rock if, if you've looked up Long Range. Um, but then off axis, uh, which is Marcel, he runs... Um, he has his own his own show on youtube as well on tuesday nights uh canadian time and it's uh, it's called f p v your world um but yeah these guys are they're doing some really cool stuff long range wise so yeah it's it's really cool to to sort of learn a bit from them
2: yeah i think falconrad was uh, the guy who collaborated with chris rosser on the the first frame he did it's called the mm-hmm. the Falcon seven mm-hmm.
1: yep well yeah the um the Falcon Seven was maybe what from a year or two ago, I think, or something. And then he's yeah. moved on to the Rad Lion, which is what this uh, this frame actually is. Is the Falcon Rad Rad Lion uh, Seven Inch? Um, it's an earlier version. I think there's like some revisions that have been done, some like thicker arms and whatnot now. But yeah, he's he's done a few. Uh, he's got a few a few frames out now. Yeah. What's yours? Uh, that's called the Rad Lion. So. Oh, yeah. um, yeah, it's, a, it's it's really cool because it, it's really perfect for like a 6S 2P setup where obviously I don't have the top play right now. But, you know, you run a lot, big line on the top, line on the bottom. And um, and then... How big are you going to go? As far as like um, the capacity? capacity. Mm. Uh, I was looking at these like 4,000 milliamp hour ones. Um, and just like big old chunkers, right? Like I'm looking, you know...
2: 6S or uh, 4S, right?
1: I'll do, I'll do success. Yeah. Like, um, okay. I feel like if I'm, if I'm going to do it, I may as well just like, I don't know, do it good or do it a way that, you know, as kind of proven, I guess. I don't want to sort everyone of
2: take... does like S packs for long range, really.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And in that, in the two P sort of, um, you know, configuration, it, it's, I guess it, it's less strain on, on the packs, especially because it's lithium ions, um, you don't want to strain them too hard i guess right because they're they don't have crazy uh c rating i guess the term maybe um i so. guess if you
2: get a bad sell on just a 6s1p pack it's pretty trivial to say oh yeah it's that that battery right there and just yank it out as a 2p
3: you're like it's one of these one <laughs> of these is not happy yeah, it, yeah. It, it's interesting to think about uh two of them though they're pretty heavy and i'm interested yeah. to know what what are the gains you get in time versus the loss you get in weight because I think one pack they're about four hundred grams. Maybe you... at twenty minutes is yep. is what I figured on my one. I haven't tried two. Yeah, but I would imagine it, it's not it's not going to be this linear graph. Say oh twice as long because obviously you're going to be pulling much more weight. But yeah, maybe like a half an hour of flight is is, is pretty good. That'd oh yeah, way out. Yeah, totally. Yeah. a bit of headroom with the current as well, haven't you? If you go to two p.
1: Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So I mean, from what I, my, what I've gathered, and from what I've sort of picked up, just a little bit of knowledge here and there, it's like, you know, by having six S two P um, configuration, it's like, if you only had one pack, all the amps that you're drawing from your throttle or from your motors, whatever, um, or, or ESC, whatever you want to say, is like, it's all relying on that one battery. Whereas if you have two, it like it's, it's kind of spread out. Instead of you pulling, say. 20 amps off one pack you're pulling kind of like 10 off each yeah so it sort of spreads it a little more it's a little more forgiving on the um on the lithium ion side of things and and again i could be totally wrong like this is new territory for me so um, if it's why everyone else is doing <laughs> right yeah That's but okay. yeah it's, it's uh sense. it's interesting um it's, it's interesting to learn at least you know it's it's not uh Oh yeah, Alexander Fedorov said, "Yeah, you can pull two times more current." Yeah, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's uh, it, it's gonna definitely gonna be a chunker though. Like two, think about it, like two four thousand mah li- ions is gonna be about eight hundred grams or so just on their own. I'm also gonna put like a, a HD cam on there, so that's already like a thousand grams. Just in batteries and and and, and HD what do you cam, reckon, but about a kilo and a half all told. Once you're up in the air, uh, I would say, I don't think I don't think it'll be that much. It might be like, I mean, the the frame can't weigh that much. The analog VTXs don't the weigh motors, that much.
2: If you go, yeah, the yeah, they can be like fifty grams a motor. Some of those, yeah, of it's
1: probably getting close to like fifteen hundred grams. I bet, yeah or more who knows I don't know I don't actually know quite yet so um as long as
2: it fits in the suitcase
1: (laughs) well as see that's that's why I was like partially like okay you know what maybe I'll like do the build when I'm over there so that way it's not like fully put together um I, I should be able to you know build it in a day or two sort of thing if I put a couple hours in here a couple hours there um and uh yeah I don't know we'll see it's a it's a you know project in the making right now so Mm -hmm. but oh probably shipping
2: if you're traveling then having two 1p packs makes sense because some airlines restrict the individual capacity for a single batteries but you can have mm. like 20 batteries
1: yeah well and that was the other thing too i'm like do i i'd almost rather only travel one like i'm gonna be traveling there with a bunch of lipos but i'm like okay do i want a bunch of lipos and some big chunky Li ions. I'm like thinking maybe I'll just buy the Li ions when I'm over there, um, and then just do like a one trip back. I don't know. I, I if you can I'm be s- sure
2: that you're going to be able to get them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm in. It'll be Taiwan. I feel like <laughs> you could. You know, <laughs> I feel like you could probably get some batteries out there. Yeah, you, just tell up hey, Can you make this for me? It so up. Up. Yeah, it's
3: well, just, and I, I know. Mind. I know a
1: shop owner out there in a, in the city of Tainan. Um, I connected with a shop owner out there when I was there last year. Uh, there's a, a place called, it's called Shengda, but it, st- it means uh, big fly, essentially, or fly big. Um, and this shop owner is super cool. Like, he put me onto a bunch of spots when I was flying there. He's, I, anytime I ask him a question, he, I have to Google translate everything, but he's like, ah, no problem, my guy. I can help you out. Like, he, he's a super <laughs> cool guy. And it's, it's nice that I have, a, I actually have a bit of a Taiwan FBV community when I go out there. So it's pretty sweet.
0: Yeah, it's, yeah, That's nice. nice. Cool.
1: And well, so one thing I was actually going to maybe ask you guys if you if you can chime in because I'm 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 getting a bunch of people's opinions on it just to sort of you know hear what people think. So for seven inch drone, I'm toying with thirteen hundred kv, fifteen hundred kv. I'm getting some people are saying one or the other, and I'm getting I'm getting a mixed bag. And you know I just I'm trying to like take a little poll and see what people I think.
2: Like I I've run thirteen hundred. I've got twelve fifty on there at the moment. I'm not running Lithion so I've got slightly higher pack voltage than you do because you know I'm I'm only dropping down to like maybe 3.6 volts per cell before I land it.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: So on my on my 6S obviously I'm not really going below 20 volts whereas on a 6S you you might be hitting 18 volts so your blade speed's going to be a bit lower but yeah that the 1300s and 1250s seemed seem pretty good it just depends how much absolute thrust you need
3: I guess and Curry was saying he's got like 1800 kV on one of his uh, yeah on one of them although I wouldn't call that the long ranger but yeah on, on the, the Chimera which is kind of cursed it started on 1300s the replacement motor that I have got uh, 1250s I think the same one as you Stephen I've got now uh, which seems that, that it's right for cruising and I didn't have any problem I mean to be fair I only got down to like 3 volts well, not even three volts per cell before it decided to just crash on its own mm. for reasons like the motors burnt out. But <laughs> other, other than that, it, it seemed fine because it didn't. I was expecting it to take a lot more throttle to get in the air, but it was still happily cruising at like twenty five percent throttle with a single four thousand milliamp power light ion, although mm. I didn't have HD camera on. Yeah, so yeah. I don't. I don't think it's going to take too much more. Well, I, it's hard to say, isn't it? It's, it? It'd be an interesting experiment for me. Once I get this thing rebuilt, it'd be an interesting thing just to whip out a parallel cable and stick two of those batteries on because I've got a connector at the bottom and the top so I can easily yep. make that pack up just, just to see, like, what are the gains and, and what, is the, what is the compromise, which is probably don't do any big dives and expect to be able to oh, <laughs> easily yeah. pull out of it like yeah. it's a 5-inch. Nice, nice, gradual... Coming down slowly. <laughs> so, nice well. little
1: curve. Yeah, see, that's, uh, that's one thing that is, I mean, is going to be a big learning curve for me is coming from, like, I've only ever flown 5-inch quads. So, I mean, other than, you know, Mavics and whatever, which is a different thing. But, yeah, I'm going to have to really le- relearn throttle again, basically, or, like, throttle position, I guess. It'll be slightly different. So Caroline Tyler
2: was saying uh, each of her packs with uh, Molly Cell. 21 700 that's the molly p45b which are good for 35 amp burst each they're weighing 454 grams pound i guess yeah um and come in at 97 watt hour so it's a, there's a limit oh, typically okay. of 100, 100. watt hour per battery yeah. that you can take onto an airline so yep. if you take a 6s1p on you're good but if she built those out as 6s2p that would be you know 190 something watt hour and uh would be illegal to take on according to the airline rulings.
1: So yeah, but I guess they're separated, right? Like you, we just make sure they're not connected with the. Yeah, if, they, if then if you've
2: got just a whole bunch of loose cells, that's okay. But then you're going to be up against the fact that you can only take twenty batteries on some mm. airlines, and a BA is less, I think. And so you then each one of those would then count towards. It counts an individual battery so instead of taking two packs you're now taking 12 packs on and then you've got to take your lithium ion cells and maybe a usb power bank and phones and tablets as well also count towards that so you've got to be careful if you you might find someone who's just militant about this at the airport yeah. and be yeah. prepared to kind of swerve around a bit
1: well i mean i only have like eight lipos for my 5 inch and um you know if, even if i do bring I, I don't think i can really i can't justify buying more than two of these Li ions like they're already like 100 bucks a piece so like you know if i have 10 batteries that eh, should be okay yeah it should be cool i was just saying don't buy the individual
2: like 21 700 cells and oh, take yeah, them yeah. to, to sold them up the other end because then no, someone no. might be like that's too many
1: yeah, yeah, no, and and it's already weird going through like airports with lipos. I mean, I haven't had any issues, but like, it's all that in anticipation. You're like, oh, is it going to be okay? Like, yeah. are they going to see these and be like, what the f are you bringing here? Like, but I don't know. I I, I find, I mean, knock on wood because whatever, it's been fine lately or it's been fine so far. But I find when you go through airports, like when it comes to like you know quads or drones or whatever they're not really the ones that are enforcing drones right like it's there's a governing force that cares about drones and they they, obviously they govern batteries a little bit but i feel like when you go through airports they're like oh drones cool come on in like they they, it's not like there's like we're the faa we're the caa like what are you guys bringing here like you know that's a sort of separate governing force so i think that's well, maybe in the U.S. they're kind of trained to, you know,
2: come down on people and throw the book at them. But a lot of places, they either open the bag up and then get very serious and take everything out and stare at it as if to say, oh, well, I better wave this around to make it look like I'm studying it. And put yeah. it back. <laughs> or they just open it
3: and go.
1: Yeah. Oh, another go. Another guy with some weird batteries. All right, go on. Off you go.
3: <laughs> There's plenty of places in the world where you can buy drones in airport. Dubai's got an amazing range of every <laughs> right. drone ever in the the entire world that was created, it would seem. Or the DJI huh. stuff there is like, like boxes of it and carry it on a plane. Huh.
2: There's one guy on another podcast who's like, talks about Raspberry Pi gizmos and he's got one single value judgment like, would this get you stopped by the, the TSA? There's like a TSA check, right? And if it looks too sketchy, like Fedorov says here, they're gonna just reject it for no good reason yeah. other than they don't know what it is. So yeah, if you're doing 3D prints, make sure that they don't look like crap and you know, maybe tidy up all the wiring, put little caps and plugs on things and probably be fine
1: make it look as presentable as possible and should be good. And, and don't look sketchy yourself or, you know, I guess there's like a, it's like, you're like walking, you got all these batteries. You're like looking around, like, just,
3: yeah, don't, don't put them in a vest and strap them to yourself. That And have yeah. wires no? I thought, that, I thought that was like
1: the most efficient way of going through TSA. It's
3: better for
2: my, it's better for my muscles. I carry all my batteries <laughs> in this
1: weighted vest. So
2: I don't damage my back.
1: Yeah. Oh man, that would—that's yeah, that would be bad. Just get to the conveyor belt and be like,
2: ah!
1: <laughs> you, you, you know what? You know what's so weird? The last time I flew, I like—I got randomly selected, and they like was like they were like swabbing my phone, and I'm like, what? I'm like, okay. Yeah. I'm like, I mean, swab my phone all you'd like. Pressure. There's I probably like, the <laughs> there's like you—you you can swab my my dead finger, my dead skin cells, <laughs> like. Yeah, they've
2: I, I yeah, been handling explosives,
3: obviously. That's thing. I, I was once called back to the gate, having gone through and sat down. And I mm. went up there and they said, oh, sorry, you've been randomly selected. We meant to search your bag. Could you go back and get it? And the level of concentration I needed not to say, let me just get the drugs out of it and I'll bring it right <laughs> over for you. Is, it, it was staggering. It's just like, oh, you, can't, you can't joke with those guys. Like, that's, that's a really yeah,
1: no. bad idea. No, time and a place for sure. And oh, like Alexander just said, he's like looking not sketchy with the crap that we carry. It's it's not easy. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I had enough
2: trouble back in the day coming back from it conferences and every single booth you go to at these expos or trade shows and stuff. They always give you like USB power banks and funny little yep. LED gizmos. And so I'd come back and they'd be like. <clears throat> Uh, take your phones and tablet out, take the phones and tablet out. Uh, do I need to take out all the USB power chargers and wires? They went, like, no, 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 put it through. And they'd always be like, what the hell is all of this? And someone pointed <laughs> it on the X-ray machine. They'd be like, yeah, I've got three laptop chargers in here and I've got eight USB power banks. And uh, why? <laughs> they just gave them to me.
1: They put them in Was the that a convention? about them. Yeah. It's freebies. Yeah, nice. nice.
0: Oh. Have you heard about Project Interno? which is a UK uh, initiative with the National Crime Agency and some police forces Mm and a bunch of other people about uh, basically teaching the police to recognize what a 3D printer is. (laughs) Uh,
3: (laughs) The the vision's just conjured up in my head.
0: What's this one?
3: That's, no, that's that's a cat with a hat on, let's try the next one.
0: Yeah, because what what it is that they, they've had this problem where they've they've said people can now three D print firearms. Yep. And then yep. they've realised that Nerf guns exist, <laughs> and there's it turns out that you actually have to sort of teach some people the differences between like firearms
3: and toys. And yeah, these people are. So don't tell me the police have started. Rounding up these kids with Nerf guns because they decided <laughs> these were really printed firearms.
0: I, I think it sounds like that that was, if not an actual problem, definitely a concern. Uh, oh, so, Jesus. yeah, they've, they've had to sort of actually connect some people. Yeah, like, oh, we should probably
3: learn about this stuff before we try and enforce it.
1: Print, shoot, repeat. Let's Ooh. go.
3: So okay. did anybody notice yeah. the new Insta360 camera that came out this week?
0: Yeah, I, it's big.
3: It's did, big. It's, it's like, let's take a GoPro and try and one-up it with what we're doing. What's it called? Which about, one is it? I, I forgot what it's called now. There's two models. There's the regular and the Pro, and it's got a flip-up screen. Is somebody looking this up? Or should so I? So
2: I, I, I can remember something. It's details. not the white there's one, that, is it? There's an Ace, there's an no. Ace Pro, right? And the Ace Pro is the one with a Leica lens and a 1 over 1.3 Oh. Uh, sensor which is good and then there's a regular one which is almost like let's catch the idiots out who thought they were buying the pro and it's only a little bit cheaper but it has a half-inch like and and a crappy mm-hmm. lens so you really don't want the one that isn't the pro one i can't see any reason for getting that it's totally yeah. not worth saving 50 quid um wow it, but it weighs 180 grams
1: not I think drones. the GoPro
2: 12 was 145. That kind of ballpark, and we were complaining. The GoPro 12 is a bit heavy. Um, it's pretty
3: heavy. It's yeah, not a very good a FPV big. camera. It's quite an impressive action camera. The 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 best head to head I've seen so far, and it's kind of their flex where they're using AI, and it's about yeah. low light performance. So they yep. put a GoPro and the the new what's it called Ace Pro on yeah, on a row, mountain yeah. bike in. As the sort of sun was setting in low light, and they put their auto stabilization on, and of course they had to crank the ISO way up. And the difference was that this this special AI, which is trying to to, to sort out the uh, the picture so it didn't look all grainy, was basically uh, it was able to expose uh, at a decent frame rate. So you know, obviously it was low light, the ISO's up high, so whenever they sort of uh showed a freeze frame the gopro is like this big smear blurry yeah of blurriness every time the insta was absolutely solid absolutely (laughs) uh, rock solid so it had no no noise on this very high iso rate and it was (laughs) able to expose and get a very quick frame rate even though it didn't have enough light which is quite a nice way of using ai i guess
1: yeah they probably have some noise reduction I'm sure they're using some kind of like AI noise reduction like in real time. And then mm. that's pretty cool. Yeah, because that, that is a problem is like if you want to shoot in 60p or something or 120 frames per second in the evening, you're supposed to have your shutter speed double that. Well, these cameras, their sensors are so small that once you start boosting that ISO to have that shutter oh. speed, it's just a, you know. With this guy, he had, had a decent size sensor,
2: which is probably doing a lot of that work for you, right? Just yeah. like. Yeah getting a larger catchment area for those photons to hit. You don't have to worry about so many tricks.
3: It's got another weird thing, which its sensor is 8K, hmm. but it films in 4K. But it means if you then or zoom in, it will anything. then use a proper 4K thing. So you can still zoom in, get 4K, or, or otherwise you've got the 8K and it does like the pixel averaging to make sure there's no like, yeah. dodgy bits about it to add it together. It looks like a fantastic action camera. But too heavy to put in a quad like all the other action cameras have been just lately.
1: Yeah. It sounds like uh, they're, they're doing something similar to what Sony does with their mirrorless cameras. Not all of them, but a lot of times their sensors are, you know, high resolution and, and their video footage is oversampled. Their 4K is oversampled, say, mm-hmm. from a 6 or an 8K sensor. Um, and it just gives a way sharper and, and more detailed image. And you can punch in and it doesn't, uh, yeah. you don't lose sort of quality and stuff, Yeah.
2: There was a company doing this on mobile phones ages ago as well. They figured that they could put a giant high megapixel sensor on there, and they called it pixel binning, where they just take yep. four pixels, average it into one output pixel.
1: Um, I'm guessing, I think that's probably Sony Xperia, maybe. Could be. Maybe. Yeah. I know Sony have got
2: a flip-out yeah. screen as well, which looks really cool. Mm-hmm. If you're using it like a regular camera, I imagine if you're a videographer, that would be incredible, because you can have one really good screen instead of paying for two screens and only ever using one of them at a time. So, you, you know, <laughs> put, put all the money in the screen you're going to be using all the time. But for an FPV
3: camera, that, that just seems like a bad idea. It's going to yeah. It seems like a weird idea for an action ability. camera as well, because whenever you talk about action camera, it's like well, it might get smashed on the ground. Yeah. And having a screen flipped out seems like oh, oh, that's going to it off. But you yeah. see yeah. a lot of yeah. people
2: increasingly using these action cameras for vlogging. Oh yeah, and I think for for vlogging, that's exactly what you want. If if you don't want to go to the trouble of buying a a proper camera for for your vlogging, you just want something that's compact, USB charging, go anywhere. You get this. GoPro. You don't put it on a mounted bike. You probably put it on the end of a stick and walk around town talking to the camera or whatever.
1: Well, you know, what? I will say the uh, GoPro yeah. screens are actually they're actually pretty durable. Um, you know, I don't know, I. I've, I have seen someone intentionally smash the back of their GoPro and it was, it, it did not, uh, it did not break very easily. Let's just say that. Why, why did they smash it? It's a weird thing to do. Uh, I don't know. Something about uh GoPro subscription. I don't know. I, I couldn't tell you. I don't really know much about that information.
2: It definitely wasn't uh, flying. That's the important thing that, no. The reason why the camera broke wasn't related to flying. It was uh of normal warranty approved usage.
1: Exactly. Next topic. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so someone at the at the top, I think, was mentioning uh Geeks vanas videos. Did anyone catch those? No. Not Late, have, no. What's he been doing? Oh, okay. Well, if none of us have seen it, <laughs> now let's move on. <laughs> I thought it might be some regulatory doodars. It's good to see Zoe yeah. in the chat. Just pause and say hello to Zoe and uh, say thanks for putting out some flying videos. It's great to see you
3: in the air again. So for sure. hanging on there, man. Go. Well, <laughs> just to say, then, the, the, the last Geek video, which was just 23 hours ago, was UK drone rule changes explained, big changes proposed, and it's changes to sub-250. Uh, Gram stuff. Yeah. Idea explained. You're world.
2: automatically going to be classed as a criminal for flying sub 250 <laughs> because you're trying to hide something and you're straight to jail. Just straight fair. Yeah, yeah out. if you're not
1: <laughs> flying a five inch, that's criminal, man. You're not, uh, you're you're not, not flying the a DJI
2: camera drone. Like.
0: X Tarso bus. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah. You've, got, you've got to get a military defense contract or you're flying a DJI camera drone, or it's just jail. That's it. Third option. So,
0: uh, Or, alternatively, you could fly indoors, such as our guests next week, segueing into a call forward. Very nice. Slick there. Um, We've got Matt Snell coming on to talk about the Bird 2024 event. Bird is a word. Birmingham... International race days. Nice. I believe. Uh, yeah, so a load of tiny, ripping stuff. Uh, racing with international pilots coming along uh, to race. And that's the event itself is at the end of January. And I think there's still a few racing tickets left.
2: Any X Class?
0: I suspect uh, for this indoor event, there won't be much X Class. Not
1: much, just a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Just a, you know,
0: just like a prop. That's just a, a, a scream
2: and do. the crowd running in the opposite direction. That's about it. But you know, <laughs> we'll
0: find out from Matt uh, next week,
2: I guess. Oh, sorry, sorry, Zoe. No indoor X class. <laughs> find <one> out <laughs> on next week's episode of Let's You can do monster out. truck rallies and stadiums. Why not X class racing? Come on now. Can't be worse than that, can it? It's
3: true. Where well, is is it the NEC or is it not that quite that big? Because you could fit X class in there if you went through some of the halls yeah. and didn't have any spectators. Uh,
0: I believe they've got a slightly more characterful uh, venue than the NEC from memory, but I will now have to check. Lego
3: Land sounds like the, the estate agent word for run down, but okay. <laughs> Maybe a, a disused
2: nightclub. That's really what you want to be doing. You're racing around, isn't it? Something that's festooned in neon lights and flashy, flashy things.
0: I'm actually trying to. Uh, is it Millennium Point? Is that, a, is that the venue? It sounds like a venue. We'll find out next Point. week. We'll have all the information. It
2: looks in like a Birmingham. venue. Birmingham, yep. Yeah. Yeah, that's Mm. a place. But but Caroline, the monster trucks are packed. They're they're running on, like, literally explosive fuel. And that they're lightened up specifically (laughs) so they can do a bit of flying. They do jump. Ah. Anyway, a bit of jeopardy makes it more
3: fun, doesn't it? Sounds exciting. It's like being
2: at one of those uh, marine shows where the front couple of rows might get splashed or something. (laughs) Front couple of rows might just get swiped by an X-class shapes third and fourth
0: row might get splashed by the blood from the first and <laughs> <or> second
1: <laughs> just make sure they sign the waiver
0: sounds
3: <laughs> fair i think it it's falling with style <laughs> i feel what you need is a couple of deserted shopping malls that would that would seem like a great place to do some mm. some races
1: oh man I think, I think some
3: have been used in the past haven't they i do wonder what's
2: happened to all those shopping malls um, Every time I go to this, and Amazon's filled mm.
1: mall. Well, there's a mall that's not too far from me, and every time I go in there, I'm like, I want to fly my drone in here. There's like three levels to it. There's like <laughs> there's like openings that go down to the next level. Well, it's maybe like...
2: when you bring an X class and you can do it responsibly, they'll let
1: you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or maybe I just have to build a tiny little whoop and just pull a bot grinder. Great whoop it. Yeah, that would be pretty fun, and it's pretty harmless. Like I. I don't like the the worst that's going to happen is they're going to say, you got to get the heck out of here. I feel like you
2: could do pretty good things with just a little like 85 mile whoop or 75 mile with digital video these days. So it's good fun.
1: Man, if you get
0: footage like Curry was getting,
3: then yeah. Oh, yeah, true.
1: Yeah. With walks. I feel slightly wrong
3: for saying it. It's like, yeah, you can't do any damage with these little whoops until someone's like, what's that? does that and falls down the escalator and like takes out, you know. (laughs) all <laughs> the people on the way or something do that, that like lots yeah. of things though couldn't you no but can they down. even
1: hear it or notice it in like a you know a, a, a crowded well not a crowded but like a, a somewhat you know a mall playing music and whatever like i i saw bachrinder and one of his guys in new york city they were flying around like Times square and like no one even was paying attention there's no probably even...
2: an equation which factors in the dense population <laughs> density of karens in the area and True. a number of uh, other risk factors and you yeah. just got to work your way through the train of numbers
1: yeah where I, that mall i'm talking about is uh, it's all karens yeah
3: it can be hard to notice that's where you have to fly into people's faces
1: yeah it's okay intentionally Down top. Yeah, yeah. be good extra point I feel
0: like maybe there's there's some kind of analogy like uh, if there's a seagull in the space like, would anyone care
1: <laughs> pigeon the pigeon do test you reckon
0: you reckon
1: the pigeon oh yeah pigeons. a hummingbird oh. a hummingbird is more
3: accurate it's pretty quiet people worried about you know will people turn on me just get yourself one of those high-vis jackets and just have official and then something mm-hmm. written on it so official pigeon wrangler yeah for example or uh, official drone pilot even will do it and even when I'm out in a field, people keep Test asking control. me if I'm doing surveying things for people. I <laughs> know uh, I'm. I'm just flying. <laughs> yeah, I'm just looping around this tree over and over again. Yeah, I just want to <laughs> make sure this tree. in the sky a bit. <laughs> <laughs> you should explain that you're looking for endangered lizards.
2: <laughs> just you need a high vis vest, and you've got to build your goggles into a hard hat so the an- antennas stick up through the brim, and you put the hard hat on, and you're like, yeah, you know, official business here.
1: Yeah, you have a little sign. May not work. You just put it aside yourself. Yeah. <laughs> I, I do bring a There's, high vis for um, somewhat questionable locations, and I'm—it's been fine. So, yeah.
0: The uh, the signs that they have for doing the drone surveys of the um, the bits of the underground that are above ground, uh, those those signs are pretty good. Uh, I'll see if I can find a picture from one on of them somewhere. Definitely the sort of sign you want to look legitimate.
2: Do not step well, on live rail or something, put that down next to yourself.
1: Or just carry a ladder with you. I, I watched this video on YouTube with these guys that snuck into a bunch of like festivals and things. They're just like high viz and they're both carrying a ladder. It's like, yep come on in. <laughs> it's like Yep. It's just those little tricks that make your mind think they must be responsible, right? It's like they're they're walking through, they have high viz, they're carrying a ladder, they must be here for a specific reason.
3: Clipboard, also very useful, mm. especially if you keep flicking the pages, noting that we makes I've, I've got to go. I've got a yeah.
0: high-vis clipboard for
2: just
3: such Ooh. an occasion. Ah, he's
2: just covered. <laughs> so, uh, what next? What, who's
3: building what? I think, wasn't Curry building some more digital video bits and pieces? I've, I've got all my open IPC bits. Ah. Uh, I haven't started on it. I'm, I'm somewhat behind on doing stuff because of the weather. I've got the, the 4G car ready to go, the, the F450, which has now had um, Blue Jay flash to it that I need to test out. Uh, I've got a jet boat, which is up there, which needs going. And then I have to rebuild the Chimera and uh, yeah, a bunch of other things. But every time I'm like, oh, is the weather gonna be any good? And then I'm like, oh, which, which bit should I do next? FPV jet boat? <laughs> it's, it's sadly not fpv it's just it's just a boat that uh thank because I mean, the last one was so disappointing it went about walking. Walking. where is it yeah. it's up there somewhere there it is do you see it there and it's looking. so
2: easy to make a boat overpowered isn't it you don't have to try that it hard. be look there it is looking
3: stealth in black okay. could oh could you get very more nice. stealth than that i couldn't see that first <laughs> exactly it's, it's invisible fire. So I, I thought about going out tomorrow if, if the weather's any good, and then I get that one out of the way, and then I can mess around with the car a bit more. Nice. I tested the out the car a bit, but it turned out that iOS wasn't very well supported for anything. They're like, yeah, it'll be <laughs> fine. And it's like, well, this doesn't work. That doesn't work. And I haven't got the option to say it's on 2S, not 3S, so it keeps telling me it's out of battery all the time. Go to Android, it's like, well, there's an invisible option that wasn't there before, and it works.
1: There yeah, <laughs> Try that. I got to get some new hardware fasteners for, for this quad, actually, because it's a, it's a hand-me-down or second-hand purchase one, and, yeah, the some of the hardware is not, uh, you know, the best. I actually had a – there was a standoff that was stuck in this, and I had to basically, like I, – I don't know if I ta- – I think I talked to you guys about this before, but a buddy of mine helped me. Basically, we had to, like, snap the – standoff slash the the bolt that was in there and i was surprised because i thought it would wreck the carbon but it didn't even mm-hmm. leave a mark on the carbon he, like I, I went to my buddies i was like man i think you can help me out like would you have any ideas because i a few people didn't really know what to do so he literally just grabbed some like crazy th- pliers they're like the like the thick pliers he kind of just like went like this and just wrenched on it boom to like within like 10 seconds my problem that was happening for like a week was was you know solved and uh wow i know i was he's like he's like don't he's like what do you say he's like trust me it's not my first time having a you know a stripped bolt with a standoff so i guess he was the right guy to get help from Yeah,
2: i've always been a bit too cowardly i try and get like two pairs of pliers and like clamp one around the bolt head and one on the standoff and then just
1: yeah. One, one problem was is that it was a recessed bolt so i couldn't oh i couldn't uh good. yeah i couldn't get a hold of the uh the end of it and you know i'm like oh maybe the, there's too much loctite or maybe there's this so i like was heating it up and trying this trying that but you know the my, what i thought my next step was it was like somehow cutting a notch in the head of the of the bolt and like you know making a flat head basically out of it mm-hmm. but yeah i went to my buddies he's like nope just Young Yeah. Got lucky. So cool. I, I got very lucky. I was I was actually pretty stressed because well not very stressed, but it was just like, oh wow, I just got this frame and now I can't use it. So But there's all there's always a solution. There's there's always a solution to every problem. So
2: always just hulk out. The worst that happens is you need to buy another bottom plate for the quad.
1: Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. So that's that's that story. Finally Finally, a few parts away, and I will, I will be closer. Oh, never leave home without mole grips. Yeah, the wisdom there. It's actually
3: incredibly. I I did try cutting a notch in a screw. It was the old uh, the hex head screw, which seems yep. so easy to strip if you get the wrong ones. It's just like it's just turning and turning, it's a circle, it and becomes a circle. Although I managed to cut some sort of notch, it's just like. Then as soon as you get the screwdriver in it, it's just prising it apart. What ah. I ended up doing is just getting like a T-driver, which was too big for it, slamming it in there because <laughs> <laughs> it was so soft. And I'm like, yeah, it's coming out now. Yeah. Yeah. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. So I, I'm, I just, now I know like, okay, get good quality hardware. <laughs> like y- use good quality hardware. That's hard like, that's why it's called hardware, right? Make sure it's actually not soft. Where, where like, yeah, like, you have a hex that all of a sudden that hex becomes a circle. And there's no such thing as a circle driver. So I mean, I don't think there's a such thing as a circle driver. Maybe there is, but that wouldn't make any sense.
2: Yeah, always get those like high tensile strength bolts and not the cheese ones and be like yeah. super careful with aluminium hardware. It's a, yeah. it's a disaster waiting to happen.
1: For sure. Like I'm saying you
0: don't recommend buying cheeseware. Do not, not buy it. aluminium cheeseware. Even <laughs>
2: if it's maybe half a gram on your precious all-up weight.
1: Yeah, yeah, literally like just use steel. It's harder. It's a lot harder than, than aluminum. Or aluminium, as you guys say.
2: I've I've had somewhere uh, those bolts I've just gone to undo them and the head is just detached from the thread of the bolts, and the head <laughs> comes off on the driver and the bolt is still in the quad it's Uh, not a good look
1: no not very cool
2: on that note we just rolled the credits and i think that was another episode of let's drone out episode 430. uh we've got some some guests next week that we should probably mention uh i think that we're going to be talking to to bird we did we call that out earlier and then I'll just do a quick rundown So I don't think many of our audience are aware of what we might have in the offing. So we've got bird is the word, um, and we've got some more digital HD systems coming up in a couple of weeks as well. Bit of a surprise where we're going to have a few interesting bits and pieces to talk about. So we shall catch you then. Thank you for joining us. This week you have been joined by our fearless leader, Frank. Bye. Everyone's favorite curry kitten. Goodbye. The man with the giant seven inch frame, Cole.
0: <laughs>
2: See ya. And myself, Stephen. Thank you to everyone. Thank you to our amazing Patreons for making this happen. Catch you next time.
1: Yeah. Thanks for tuning in everybody. Bye. Have a good night. Bye. See ya. Telemetry lost.